This is the Mark Stucheski Podcast. Have you snagged your copy of my top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs yet? What are you waiting for? Go get them right now. Just go to markstucheski.com forward slash five tips. That's the number five T-I-P-S. Markstucheski.com forward slash five tips. Get the top five productivity tips for entrepreneurs right now at markstucheski.com forward slash five tips. Emily Williams is a money mindset expert, success coach, author, speaker, and CEO of both her lifestyle and media company, I Heart My Life, and her personal brand, where she helps executives and entrepreneurs break through their limiting beliefs and rewrite their money stories so that they can increase both their income and their impact and feel more fulfilled and satisfied than they ever have before. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Mark. Glad you're here. Glad we're going to be talking about money mindset because I will tell you, I'm 56 years young and I struggled with the money mindset for years and years. And I I was raised an only child. And to this day, I don't know how much money my parents made or make at this point. And, and because of that, we can't afford it. We can't afford it. We can't afford it. It's all I ever heard my entire life. And so that really affected my money mindset. It wasn't until like the last five or six years that I started um, coming out of that shell. So I want the listener to understand if you're struggling with your money mindset, well, that's why Emily's on the show today to help you with it. So don't fear, just pay close attention because I've never spoken to Emily before, but I've got a sense that she's going to bring lots of value. So before we get started, is there anything that I didn't read in your intro that you think it's important for the audience to know to put you in the context for our conversation today? Thank you. Yeah, a little bit more about my background might be helpful because I always think it's important for us to understand why someone is actually an expert in what they do. And so for me, I didn't grow up even knowing that I had a money mindset. It was something that I discovered when I first became an entrepreneur as well. So similar to you, I started to recognize that I had all these blocks around money, specifically around sales. And what happened for me when I started my business is I actually had a period of 54 no's in a row. So I got on 54 sales calls and everyone said no. (laughs) So that was kind of a sign to me that something was up and that I needed to figure out what was going on beneath the surface. And luckily around that same time, I was also working with a coach who was also a money mindset expert. And so she helped me really uncover what my blocks were. And from you know, going from nothing, like literally $442 a month, I actually scaled my business to seven figures in my first 18 months. And I really accredit that to the deeper work that I did and some of the blocks that I shifted and just a whole new way of thinking about money and sales in my business. You know, one of the people I follow is Grant Cardone. And I'll never forget uh, either in one of his books or one of his trainings, he said, if someone has already achieved financially what you want to achieve, it means you can't too. So if you say, hey, I want to make a million dollars a year, has someone made a million dollars a year? Yes. So you can do it. How about a million dollars a month? Yep. Someone's done that. A million dollars a week? Uh huh. How about a million dollars a day? Mm hmm. How about a million dollars an hour? Yep. A million dollars a minute? Yep. Now a million dollars a second. I don't know if anyone's made a million dollars a second, but the point is if whatever money, amount of money you want to make, if it's been done, 
by at least one person, you can do it. And even if it hasn't, guess what? You can be the trailblazer. So we got to get out of this. Well, it's not the way I was raised. I'm not educated. I came from the wrong side of the tracks, whatever that means. And you got to get in the space to say, you know what? Not only can I do it, I am going to do it. And I think if more people thought that way, and I know it's easier said than done, but it's got to start somewhere. I mean, you got to stop blaming people and your situations and your relatives. And you got to say, I'm going to make a decision. I'm going to commit to not have a poor mindset for money anymore. Exactly. And I love what you just said there, because I remember one of my first coaches, she kept talking about making your annual salary in a month. And I was like, I don't know anyone making at the time I was making $30,000 a year. I don't know anyone making $30,000 a month. Well, except for her, she was doing it. And so I decided to adopt her belief in basically, you know, that being possible. And like you just said, if she was doing it, and I knew where she came from, I knew that she didn't come from money, I knew that she was self made. If she was doing it, then I can do it too. And we really talk about that with all of our clients, whether it's making money or speaking on stages or becoming a you know New York Times bestselling author, whatever someone has done, it's possible for you too. And I, I can't help but thinking the, the listener is, is listening to our conversation go, yeah, Emily, you just told me you make seven figures. That's easy for you to say. I don't know how I'm going to pay my rent this month. I don't know how I'm going to pay my mortgage this month. I don't know how I'm going to feed my family or pay for daycare or whatever their their responsibility is. So what would you say to that person who is is kind of pushing back on you because you you make so much money? Well, when I first started, I was $30,000 in credit card debt and $90,000 in student loan debt. And like I said, I made $30,000 a year. My husband made something similar. And so the thing that saved us was my husband's credit card. So he actually was my investor in the business. He lent me money to sign up for this program to work with a coach who taught me everything that I now know today. And so for me, I would say you have to make a decision. Are you willing to take a risk and yourself based on what it is that you want, the new life that you want to create. And I believe that the money is available for anyone who desires it. If you want a new life, if you want to go in a different direction, the money is available for you, whether that's borrowing it from a friend, borrowing it from a family member, taking out a business loan. And again, I know that the excuses, we all have excuses, whether you're where I am or where you are, there's always a reason why it can't work out, but there's also a reason why it can And so my core belief is really, if the desire is there, the money is there, the possibility is there. You wouldn't have the desire unless the potential was there. We've all been given very unique desires. And I use that word deliberately versus once, because I believe our desires are heartfelt and they're like our DNA, they're dropped in. And so for me, I just had to get clear on what it was I actually wanted. And I absolutely did not start with, you know, tons of money in the bank. I was well below zero, but I made a decision that I wanted to change my life. And that's really the most important factor, making that decision and then taking action. Tony Robbins puts it very well. He says, it's not a question of resources. It's a question of resourcefulness. So recently, a lot of people know my story, but if you've never heard me before, I was fired from my corporate job back in July of 2005, and I became an entrepreneur, and I made so many mistakes. I fell victim to the three Cs, conferences, coaches, and courses. I thought they were going to make me a hundred billion, uh, right? Didn't happen. These people got rich. I didn't get anything out of it. And I don't blame them. I blame me because I, I chose to invest in these. And 
And then, so I started getting caught up into, oh, this person's got a free webinar or I'll buy this book. And I started getting so scattered, spending all my time and everything, just trying to find the magic thing. What is the magic thing? Well, about three weeks ago, I decided to go to the Grant Cardone 10X Bootcamp. And then during the 10X Bootcamp, they pitch his higher end coaching. And I'm like, you know, that's a pretty big investment. But, you know, am I serious about making money? Am I serious about, to use Steve Jobs' analogy, making a dent universe? And so I found the resources and invested in myself because when I invest in myself, I'm taking care of my family and I'm serving people and I'm able to help more people. And so do you agree with that? I'm pretty sure but I'm going to ask the question anyways. Do you agree with Tony says? Uh, Tony, like like we're buddies. Like Tony yeah. Robbins yeah. says that it's not a question of resources. It's a question of resourcefulness. Absolutely. And I have something I like to call my rich grandma method. And basically, whenever I get on sales calls, I don't buy into people's money stories. If they tell me they don't have the money, I don't believe it. I believe that everyone has a rich grandma in their corner, whether that's an investor or a credit card or something. There's always something you could do. You could sell something. You could, you know, there's always an unlimited amount of ideas. And that's actually one of the things that I decided to start doing on my sales calls after my period of 54 no's in a row was actually actually telling people that I could help them find the money and asking the question, do you want me to help you find the money? And then on that call, brainstorming with them ways in which they could make this happen. Because for so long, I was hearing people say, oh, I'd love to work with you, but I can't afford it. And then I would be like, okay, no problem. Bye. And that was the end of the conversation. But I realized it was my duty to help people find the money because we all have enough people in our lives who are like, oh yeah, you're right. It's too expensive. You can't do it. It's not possible. What a waste of money. I can't believe you signed up for that. But people need those of us like you and me who believe in possibility, believe in potential. We're investing in ourselves. We realize that that's actually the best investment we can make. And we're making big decisions on behalf of our dreams. I have a monthly membership program. It's only $49 a month. And I've got one of my top clients in there. She's a CPA. And she talks to a lot of other CPAs and I'm like, wow, why are you so, you're so productive. You get so much done. He goes, well, I, I signed up for Mr. Productivity's, you know, monthly membership program. It's $49 a month. And they're like $49 every month. And they're like, she goes, this is her, this is her CPI mindset. She goes, you go to Starbucks five days a week. That's $5 times five, 25 times four, it's a hundred bucks a month. What's your return on investment? Again, she's a CPA and she goes, you drink the coffee and then you go to the bathroom and it's gone. She goes, I took Mark's membership and now with that $49, I become more productive. And so she is actually a big champion. I love her to death, but that's what people have to look at. So when you don't have the money, how much are you spending for Hulu or Netflix? or a new iPhone or whatever the case may be. If you truly want to go to a level like Grant Cardone, do you want to have two helicopters in a private plane? Well, the only thing stopping you is the thing between your ears because you can do it. But if you go, well, I don't know any rich people. Well, that's the first problem. I, you got to stop hanging around your broke friends and start hanging around people who make money because that's going to encourage you to have a different mindset, correct? Hey, you listening to the Mark Stuchowski podcast, 
Thank you so much for doing so. I really appreciate it. But are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter, and you can sign up right now by going to MrProductivity.com. M-I-S-T-E-R, MrProductivity.com. Oh, totally. I mean, everyone knows your network is your net worth, but it's really like if you think about the five people you're surrounding yourself by every single week or whoever your core group is, what are the money beliefs of the group? What are you hearing people say about money? Because that is seeping in. And so one of the first things that we do with clients is help them identify what their money blocks are, but also take a look at what you're hearing on a regular basis from your friends and family. And you have to recognize if you're trying to transform you are in your infancy with that transformation. And so you're susceptible to what other people think. Mm -hmm. And that can be a good thing or a bad thing. But the best thing you can do is put yourself in a group like what you're talking about, where it becomes normal that people are making a lot of money because the body, the mind is like the body. The body tries to reject foreign objects and the mind does the same. If something is foreign or there's a foreign concept or you're not used to people making a lot of money, the mind is going to be like, oh no, that's not possible. But if you see it day after day and you're following all these amazing inspirational people or you're actually in groups or working with coaches um, filled with people who are doing it, then it becomes so much more normal and your mind is like, oh, okay, I can do it too. And then your creativity creativity opens up and you actually think of ways to make it happen and make the money. So let's get really into the dirt here. What about family? Because, you know, People, it's really easy to disconnect from people who are kind of at a distance. But if you have people in your own household who are like, Emily, why are you working so hard? You know, and the, they have a mentality, man, if I just make it to the weekend, I can't wait for a three day weekend. And they live with you. So they have a completely opposite mindset. How do you deal with those people that are like that, who we are really close to, that you're related to. You really can't kick your spouse out or kick your kid out if they're, you know, well, I guess if they're over 18, you can, they're mooching off of you, but let's say they're younger. How do you deal with people who are really close to you? So again, you have to know kind of your level of susceptibility. And so maybe you don't have conversations with these people about money or about your business, at least for right now. And you go ahead and you do your thing. And the most important thing is that you're showing up as your best self, because that's actually way more powerful and influential than you trying to force new concepts and ideas on somebody who's not ready for it. When they start to see you making money or being happier or whatever the result is that you're looking for, that's going to be impactful. So I really think it's like standing in your power and knowing that you doing the work is going to rub off on them. And at the same time, we've had a lot of clients who end up getting divorced. And I'm not saying this because I'm proud of it, but it's just the reality. Like when you're on this growth trajectory, but your partner's not, that is very challenging. And so if it's, you know, been years where you're doing this work and you're trying to change your life and someone else is like a dead weight and they're not willing to do the work and you're no longer on the same path, I think you have to really take a look at that and see if it's actually the right type of partner. Partnership, Because some of us, you know, we start off in one place and um, our partners there as well, but naturally people are going to change. And so I know that's a bit um, dramatic, but that's been the reality for a lot of our clients who choose to transform their lives. 
Well, I'm very thankful that my wife supports me 100%. She always has. Even when I got fired from my job, you know, I've good months, bad months. She's always there for me. That's really important. But it's interesting you mentioned about the inner circle. So my wife and I go to a Bible study class every Saturday night, and I'm the only entrepreneur in the class. And I learned about five years ago don't talk to these people because they're looking forward to retirement and they go, Mark, what are you going to do about for retirement? And I'm like, why would I want to retire from something I love to do? And they go, well, well, I'm retired so I can play golf whenever I want to. I'm like, why well, I don't like golf, but I can do that too. Oh, well, I can go on vacation whenever I want to. So can I, they're like, wait, what? I said, yeah. I, I said, because I don't work for somebody else. I work for myself. I can't imagine retiring. I mean, that that concept is so foreign to me. You know, I look think of my parents, even my dad, he's 80 years old and he's always working. Now he doesn't work, but he works around the house. He's very active. I couldn't imagine just, I don't know, doing nothing all day long. And so I, I to the point I'm trying to make is be very careful. If you're hanging around people who are only looking forward to the next holiday, the next day off, the next party uh, to retire, you might want to distance yourself from them because you are, they're going to help you. You're talking about blocking. They're going to affect your mindset and they're going to block you from success without you even being conscious about it. Totally. And it's really just human nature. We want to fit in. And so we kind of mold ourselves to be like the people around us. And so really be conscious of who those people are. And like you said, I can't imagine retiring either. And, you know, that was something that I was um, blessed enough to grow up with. My dad and my grandpas are both entrepreneurs. And so I saw that modeled for me. Um, But I know a lot of people don't have those examples. And that's why it's so important to get yourself into groups or memberships like yours, where it becomes becomes the norm to have something that fills you up and your life becomes something that you're excited by. You're not trying to get to this milestone so that you can start the life you're dreaming of. A real life example, like I told you, my dad's 80, my mom's 76. He has late onset Alzheimer's and and so I got to fly from Houston to Florida to see them on a regular basis. And my dad knows in the beginning he did, but now he knows that I just move around some things because my business is online. I could literally serve clients anywhere that has internet access. And he's like, wow, I'm so thankful you can, you know, come and take care of me and your mom. I said, dad, this is why I love doing this. I'm not tied down to my house in Houston, Texas. I can go anywhere. And, and so when you have a different mindset, you make more money, you have more options. You don't make more money so much to buy the toys. Although I wouldn't mind having a private plane. I think that would be really convenient, but you have choices. You can't, you don't have a lot of choices when you don't have a lot of money and that all stems the mindset. So I I would say if you don't have a money mindset, I'd love to know your thoughts on this is you got to start changing your mind now. Now I'm not saying live like a billionaire and start spending money. You don't have, I'm not saying that, but I'm saying when you go to a restaurant, don't look at the cheap stuff. If you feel like having the prime rib, Hey, get the prime herb. You got to start conditioning your mind that you're not going to, you're not going to operate in a, you know, poverty or loss or scarcity. You said, look at, I have an abundance mindset. Again, I'm not saying this is magically going to make you a billionaire, but I'm saying you're not going to become a billionaire until you get what's between your ears straightened. 
Exactly. Yeah. When I first started doing this work, I recognized that one of my core beliefs was that there wasn't enough because I had been, you know, someone who had student loans and I moved to England randomly um, when I was 23. (laughs) That's a whole nother story. And so I had to really transform that belief. And so one of the things I used to do is I used to take the bus everywhere in London instead of paying for a taxi. And there was one time where I was really late for an appointment and I decided, you know what, I'm just going to splurge and take the taxi. And I realized that the world did not crumble. I didn't even notice that additional, you know, 15 pounds that I had spent. And, you know, I started to see that it was safe for me to do things like that. And so I started to tip when I went to Starbucks, I started to, like you said, not look at the menu, um, just based on price, or, you know, I used to have a glass of wine before going out to dinner. And I decided, okay, I can have a glass of wine when I go out to dinner, it's okay to spend that money. I started to get my nails done, I started to send myself flowers, like little things like that, like you said, we're not spending money like a billionaire would, but we're starting to train our mind to believe that it's safe to spend money and retrain the belief that there's not enough into, I always have enough money for all my desires. That was a big one for me. You know, you mentioned tipping and every once in a while when I order Uber Eats, I will tend to tip more than normal because it's again, it's not so much for the driver, although I'm very thankful they brought me my food. It's more like, Hey, I don't want to be a cheapskate because if you're a cheapskate and with people you're dealing with, you're not going to bring money to you. I'm not, I'm not a big fan of the law of attraction, but I believe if you're cheap, you're not going to get money. It's kind of like if you hold your money with a fist, well, that money can't go out, but more money can't go in. So I believe you can start small. If you normally tip a buck, start tipping $2, $3, $4, $5. It's going to change the way you approach money. And I think it's funny. I want to know what your th- thoughts on this. Grant, Grant Cardone says that money is uh, cash is just trash it, because it's $10 is not really worth $10. It's what you think it's worth. So with inflation, and if I say, hey, would you like to buy this, this post-its here? And I'm like, I held it. I'm Mr. Productivity. It's worth $100. And you go, I'll give you a nickel for it. So then I guess if you give me a nickel and I accept the nickel, it's really worth a nickel. So I think people are getting too hung up on the dollar amounts instead of what how it makes you feel. What are your thoughts on that? Does your to-do list have you overwhelmed? When you join my digital productivity coaching program, you'll learn how to get and stay focused, become untangled from the chaos of your to-do list, experience less overwhelm, and have time to do what you really want to do. Sign up today by clicking the coaching tab at mrproductivity.com. Yeah, that's so interesting. I've never heard him say that phrase before. I think for me, like that doesn't feel good to me because I've created a beautiful relationship with money. And so to call (laughs) it trash feels weird. But I understand what he's saying there. I completely agree with the concept. Um, And I think for me, that's one of the things I had to learn. Like I was in this scarcity place where I was like, oh my God, I can't tip because I don't have enough for myself. How can I give to somebody else? But there's a law of reciprocity. Reciprocity. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. And it's basically around, you know, you have to spend more or give more to receive and it opens up a flow of abundance. And it makes sense if you think about it, if you're not someone who gives and you're just keeping everything for yourself and you're in this place of fear, that energy is is repellent almost, you know, people can sense that. 
Whereas if you're generous, then it makes people want to give back to you. So let me give you a tangible example. We just hosted a free event um, a few weeks ago. We ended up making $400,000 from a free event for 12 people. And that was because we over-delivered and we gave so much that people felt like they knew what it was like to work with us and they wanted to sign up and they just felt like there had been so much generosity that they experienced that it was like, you know what? Yes, I want to, I'm all in. And that's just one example. And so I would say really think about like, are you trying to hold on to money from a place of desire because you want to save or is it fear because you don't have enough? And if the not enough energy is what you're putting out into the world, then you're going to get that back. That's a very, very astute observation. And I hope the people listening take uh, take that to heart. One of the things that I've been trying to convince my wife is we have an older car. Okay. Our car it's like 2005, it leaks oil. And I'm like, she goes, well, we got to look at a new car. I'm like, well, how often do we drive? Because if, for example, we only need to go to the church once a week and you start adding up an Uber ride to and from church, well, that's less than a car payment. Or if you're going to go to the airport, the Uber driver drops you right off at your gate. You don't have to go to the parking garage and then drag your suitcase into this, into the elevator, down to the, the walkway. It's about convenience. It's like Grant says, you don't buy a hell. You don't buy a plane because you can financially justify it. You buy it because it saves you time. It gives you freedom. So what I encourage people to do is to think about their life right now. How can they begin to live a life more abundantly? Because we want to get that mindset of money changed in you. And I think everyone's got some mindset blocks. Everybody on this planet, the wealthy people have very teeny tiny mindset, uh, money mindset blocks. But the, the people who live in scarcity have big mindsets, uh, money mindset issues. So let me ask you this. I don't know how old you are. It's not proper to ask a lady how old they are. But if you could go back to talk to your 12-year-old, your 10-year-old self, based on what you know now, what would you tell yourself? About money? Yes. Um, great question. Hmm. I mean, I think for me, money has always just been a worry. Like I always knew that I wanted to make a lot of it. And at the same time, when I started my business in my mid twenties, I thought to myself, oh, it's going to take years. It's going to take a decade. I'm going to be at least 40 by the time I hit millionaire status. And so I did that much quicker than I ever expected. So I would say you don't have to worry and raise the bar higher on your goals. Mm. Um, You don't have to just aim for six figures or seven figures. You can do much more than that. And although I'm super grateful for my college education, like I would say become an entrepreneur as soon as possible (laughs) um, because you don't have to follow the rules and the step-by-step process that society tells us is, you know, a recipe for success. You can do what your heart is guiding you to do. And that's ultimately how I live my life is based on desire. So you were talking about the car, right? Like, I don't want to get to the end of my life and be like, oh, I'm so glad I was practical. (laughs) I want to be living based on what feels good. And for some people, taking the Uber feels good. For other people like myself, having the Range Rover feels good. So you get to decide what that looks like. A hundred percent. I agree with that. One of the things I learned uh, from the 10X rule is to write really big goals. So one of the goals I write every morning is... I have a net worth of $100 million because he says, you need to dream really big. And every time I write that, and when I first started writing that, I was like, 
man, you're so stupid for writing this. Now I actually smile when I write that every morning. Now it's like, man, man, can you imagine how many people I can help when I, when I have a net worth of a hundred million dollars? It's just writing that number down every morning, which I encourage people to write their goals down every morning. You're going to go from, that's not going to happen to like, wow, this is going to be cool when I do it, not if I do it, when I do it. So I found in just the last three, four months, my mindset has shifted to not from an if, but to a when. And I get giddy when I write my goals down. Wow, can you imagine making a million dollars a day? It's a when, not an if. We got to switch from the if to the when because that's when the magic really starts happening. Totally. And I love that you said you're now feeling giddy about it because that tells me that your mind has kind of adopted it as truth and it feels good. And that's what I love for people to do is like pick a goal right now that feels good to you and feels doable because it shouldn't be so foreign that you're like, oh, I could never even imagine that. You should have some sense of like you just said, okay, I could help this many people with a hundred million. You should be able to see there is a purpose for this money. It feels good. It lights me up. Like that's the energy we're looking for. And for some people, that's $100,000. For others, it's a million. Like everyone is at a different stage. And so I always tell people to just focus on the feeling and figure out what's in alignment for you right now and then raise the bar. And actually, one of the fastest ways you can figure out your money blocks is by 10 timesing the amount that you think you want to make. And then you'll see, oh, you know what? I have a belief that it's not possible for me. Or I have a belief that being more successful means I'm going to be more stressed. Or I have a belief that my parents aren't going to love me anymore if I become too wealthy. Like then we start to see what we're working with. A hundred percent because money, uh, because dreaming and goals don't cost you anything. Okay. So dream big. Grant says, would you rather fall short on a hundred million dollar goal or a million dollar goal? And I hope the answer is obvious. You want to fall short. My goal is a hundred million, but I only, I only made 80 million. Okay. That's, that's a much better. So just think about that. So before I ask you where people can go and so they can find out more about you and what you're doing, do you have any parting advice or uh, wisdom that you want to give the listener before we wrap up? Well, I want to ask you one question if that's okay. Uh Oh, Okay, sure. Go right ahead. (laughs) You mentioned at the beginning that you had to work through some money blocks. I'm curious to know what were some of your biggest ones that you shifted? My biggest one was I don't deserve to make that kind of money because my dad was a very good machinist. He worked in the union shop. My mom was a secretary, both noble professions. And we went on vacation every year and I was told, no, we can't have this. You can't have this. And so I thought, well, you know, I I guess my family doesn't, isn't entitled to make a lot of money because back then I was born before the internet was a thing. I'm 56. So I was born before you can go follow people on social media because there was no social media and I wasn't in the reading. Now I'm always reading books of successful people. Breaking news. Everyone starts at zero. Everyone. Everyone starts with no money, no followers, no subscribers, no likes. And as I started reading these successful people, Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos and Grant Cardone and Gary Vaynerchuk, and I'm like, wow, I can do this. And so I started working on that really heavily, particularly after I lost my job in 2005. And by exposing myself to these very successful, wealthy people, it shifted my mindset. In the beginning, I resisted it because of my childhood and the way I was raised. But now I'm like, yeah, I the only one limiting myself is me. Yeah, 
Thank you for sharing that. I was just curious. Did that, so, surpri- yeah, for- did that surprise you? Um, no, a lot of people have that, this worthiness and deserving. And, you know, is it possible for me because it wasn't modeled for them? So yeah, I totally get it. But it's so amazing that we all have so many examples online and obviously in conferences and things like that uh, of people who have transformed and are showing us what's possible now. Absolutely. Well, this is a fascinating conversation. I know people are going to want to find out more about you and what you're doing. So how can we do that? You can go to emilywilliams.com or I'm on Instagram and my uh, name is Emily Williams on there. I also have my personal development and professional development brand called I Heart My Life. And that's not just for entrepreneurs. It's for all women who want to create a life that's better than their dreams. And that's iheartmylife.com. Excellent. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show today. I love talking about money. I never did when I was a kid. Now I love talking about money. Uh, Some of my, how should I say this? Some of my friends who are not so excited about money. They're like, Mark, can you stop talking about money? I'm like, without money, you can't pay your mortgage. You can't pay your car payment. You can't feed your family. Why do people think money is a bad thing? Why do you want to be filthy rich? Why not? I mean, why not? I remember in 2017, we had Hurricane Harvey here in Houston. And I remember how angry I got because my wife and I could not help other people in our neighborhood who had their house flooded. And I said, I'm never going to do that. Let that happen again. I'm not doing it anymore. So then I went to overdrive to learn all I can, how to become a better person, how to change my mindset from scarcity to abundance, because I want to help people. You know, like when in Bible study, they say, well, someone's car broke down. Can you chip in? I'm like, I'll buy the car. I don't want to just put a hundred dollars in. I want to buy the car. Or if you lost all your furniture due to a fire and the insurance doesn't cover the furniture, I want to buy you new furniture. You can't do that if you don't have any money. So that's my drive to become super rich because I want to help a lot of people. You can't do that without money. So that's where I'm at. I love that. And that's so important for people to hear because it doesn't matter what the purpose is for money, but get clear with yourself about why would you want to make it. And again, it becomes more real and you can show yourself, you know, prove to yourself that you do have a purpose and there's so much good that you can do in the world if you made more money. And I think a lot of people have a fear of, well, what if it doesn't happen? And then I'm going to let myself down and then I'm going to be disappointed. Well, if you don't even go there, you're definitely going to be disappointed. At least like you said, if you aim for that big target, you have a chance of hitting it. Absolutely. So Emily, thank you so much for being here. Very great conversation and I appreciate your time. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and attention for listening to this episode of the Mark Stucheski podcast. Hey, are you a Mark Stucheski insider yet? This is my free email newsletter where I will send you value multiple times a week. And I promise you, every time I send an email out to my insiders, it always has value. So if you want to sign up absolutely free, just head on over to mrproductivity.com, M-I-S-T-E-R, mrproductivity.com.